0: Everybody to the Saint Seiya CosmoCast, the world's first English-speaking di- podcast dedicated to Saint Seiya. I'm your host, Ramses. I start off by saying thank you to everybody who's listening. This has been a passion project for me to do for the last couple of years now, and finally, this with this episode being put up, we're finally seeing the results of that. So before we even have our first official episode, I thought we would. Discuss a little bit with Episode Zero to, of course, break down what the episodes are going to be ent- um, entitled with. And also, you'll give a little bit of a backstory about who I am and what this franchise means to me. Because I think there's a story to be told about what the franchise means to not just me, but a lot of people that are listening as well. And maybe giving you an idea of who I am will give you guys an idea of what to expect from not just the podcast, but also to give you an idea of, like why this series is as popular as it is. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about the format for a little bit. Uh, the format of the shows are going to be that you know I'm going to talk about the news. I'm going to talk about any kind of news that comes up. And it'll be toys, merchandise, uh, events, or something new or something that's coming up with the with Saint Say, Either news announcement of an upcoming project or some something involving the fandom or something like that. I would we'll we be covering it so we'll also be covering um some we'll be covering episodes of the show as well. It'll be little blocks, you know, like six episode blocks each. So each episode of the podcast will be covering six episodes of a particular say say a thing going on. Right now the main focus right now is of the CGI show currently on Netflix. And the original show as well, which is available on Netflix here in the United States, but I don't know if it's available as well in on Netflix in other parts of the world. I do believe in Mexico. The series is still going on right now on the cable network BitMe. So I don't know if the, I don't know if that's how the rights work right now with how it is in Mexico and other parts of the world as well. And Basically, what's going to go on is like we're just going to cover these next two episodes. Episode 1 and Episode 2 are going to cover the first two parts of the series on uh, Netflix. And then we'll move on to the original show. We'll be doing six episode blocks of that. And then when a new part appears, which is their, their official designation of, an, of a season on Netflix, they're called Parts, Not Seasons, uh, we'll be taking a break from the original series to cover that block of episodes as well. And we'll be covering not just the original series, but we'll be also covering the Hades saga as well. So, with with 114 episodes of the original series, 31 episodes of Hades, and um, 12 episodes currently of, of the CGI series, I feel like breaking it down in chunks might make it a lot more palatable for not just new fans, but also older fans as well that want to be part of the discussion as well. The main focus will be on the original series. Because I do believe that there is something to be discussed. And I do honestly believe that the series should get recognition. Because I do feel like there's a lot of stuff. A lot of, the, a lot of the work that went into that series. And one of the things that Saint they. Has been doing. it's, it's been a, a huge influence to other mangas, that and even other properties outside of mangas have been very much influenced by the series. Um, in particular, I do believe that Tite Kubo has mentioned that Saint Seiya has been one of his favorite series, and you can tell with a lot of it, especially when you get to the structure of like the very first like major arc where they had to rescue Rukia. That yeah, it does feel a very very Saint Seiya-ish vibe to what he was trying to do at the time. And there are other series as well that pay tribute to this series as well. And I do feel that the series does need its kind of due diligence here in the United States. And I do believe that it can work. And I wanted to work by getting the fans together and also getting those who were kind of on the fence with the series to watch these series in blocks and discuss it. In these small blocks of episodes, these small chunks, and with it, we can digest the series a lot better than it was originally intended. 114 episodes. I mean, we, how, what it used to be when I used to watch it was we would go through these episodes day by day, and then on the weekends, we would have a new episode. So we would have that for us sometimes they would go to give two episodes a, a day, two episodes, two new episodes a week. I don't know how I don't know how it worked at first but I do know that like they gave two they gave an episode a week, a newer episode a week. Well, all the episodes were being cycled into the weekday slots. And and I do know that for a fact that the CJ series is not everybody's cup of tea right now. I I um totally agree with you. Any complaints you have about the series is totally valid because I do have some issues with the series I do believe that there's something to be had in the series that can be used and we can discuss and we can make something out of it something that we can you know as a community we can come together and see what we what the flaws are with the series and try to find the good is what we can find, not just the good, but also what we can find to help improve. I do honestly believe that there is room for improvement for the, this CGI series. And I do want there to be... And I do believe that the Saint Seiya series on Netflix does deserve some sort of merit and some sort of discussion. That way, those who are going into the series can see pretty much a condensed version of the series. It's not the best way to to get the series. I do believe that there's other better ways to watch the series, like the original series, but I do feel like if you want to get a good idea as to what the series is, the CGI series on Netflix has the best potential to give you guys a good idea. And it's one of those things where I believe that it's something that's right now available everywhere. Most people have a Netflix account, and People can just clap on right now and just watch it, and that's something that um, that's something that's a lot easier to for people to get than to see if they can try to see if they can find the series. At be it's starting to become a lot easier, thankfully, to get the series available wherever you live in the world. Um, as far as who I am, um, just yeah, I'm just gonna give you guys. This is pretty much the majority of this podcast, really. Um, I'm I'm a nobody. I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people that you may know, a lot of, a lot of podcasters, and a lot of other people as well. But I really am nobody. I just guy with a microphone, really. I just that's who I am, and and that's who that's why I'm gonna end up being anyway. So that's it. So you know, I'm not anybody special in particular. And, you know, but my story is with the series is that I grew up in the series, you know. It was very crucial to my youth. I grew up in Mexico for several years. And I never really felt part of anything until Saint Seiya was shown to me. I remember watching it, it was the very first episode of the Asgard arc. Say had just gotten Say and his team had just gotten their new um, class that they got rebuilt by um, the Gold Saints, and I had no idea what was going on, but it looked awesome. It, and an impressionable young ten year old Ramses was impressed by it. Like he, didn't, I had never seen something like Saint Seiya before, and I became a fan. I became addicted. I actively tried to seek out the series and. It was the talk of. It was the talk of everybody. Every kid was watching it because it was something we've never seen before. You know, it was there was fights all over the place. It was bloody, very mature. It was a lot of like heavy consequences to their actions, and it was something that we've never seen before. We've been trained for so long to watch cartoons and TV shows like Power Rangers and you know, DuckTales and all these other things that's, like, very sanitized. Yet, you know, we were starting to see something that was very mature, very taboo, something we would never get an opportunity to watch, but it was something that we were witnessing. And I guess a lot of it has to do with the fact that a lot of the core values of the series really overlap with a lot of the core values of the Mexican culture. We really take a lot of pride in helping one another, you know, fighting for one another. And that overlaps a lot with, with, with the series itself. And, I'm not, and I've and i noticed that a lot of people that grew up watching it, like myself, kind of grew up kind of like understanding the same thing. And a lot of it, what I find interesting is that that's very much a very Buddhist. It was something that was foreign. And it... Because, like, in Mexico, they were very, so very, very, you know, hardcore Catholic over there. And from... And... Seeing that... Something that... Something something that's Asian. Something that's... Has a lot of Buddhist stuff that overlaps with a lot of, like, the culture of the... Christ- Christianity was very, very interesting, I think, in a spiritual sense, like I am. I feel very connected to the series, as is, and, you know, know, the thing is, (laughs) when when a series takes off like that, it takes off. It took off immensely. One look at Cabarelos de Soyaco on YouTube and you get bombarded by old commercials. For stuff like we had potato chips and you're like had like sweet bread i was promoting it um like like um candy anything that had anything you can slap the words comad and so on we had it and you know i bought into it because like i was still at that age where that kind of thing was still i was still very impressionable so it's it, it's a um it's kind of a wild ride when you look when I look back at it because like and there was times where you got stuff, like, we had, um, we even had, like, a stage show. <clears throat> we had, like, both a stage show that's, like, official stage show, and, like, the circuses would get, like, these bootleg guys come out as, like, the Saint, Saint characters, and it was, like, cringy as all you-know-what, but, um... I mean that—that's the power of Saint Seiya. You know, you—you you watching it and it's like everybody—it was the talk of the town. Everybody was talking about it, and like everybody wanted a piece of it. Um, I, the movies came out here. oh uh, no, not here. It Came out in Mexico. Um, I believe the first, the third movie, the Legend of the Crimson Years. I remember watching that one in the movie theater. And they took the. They released the second movie. Was released later just as a standalone VHS and they took the first movie and the fifth movie and they put them together and they put it into like one last movie that they put in the theaters. I did not get an opportunity to watch that one because I was in a transitional period living from going to the United States. So I couldn't, I really wanted to see it but at the time that, by the time I got this an opportunity to watch it, I couldn't. Um, and there was also a time too where it's just like, things were starting to, to wind down with the franchise. And you know, Sailor Moon was starting to take that position itself as that next big series that would eventually be the talk of the town. And it's interesting that's like Sailor Moon was it's because, like, uh, just an aside, Sailor Moon for me was like it replaced Saint Seiya for a time and. For me, I, I have a lot of admiration for the series. I think it's a beautifully animated series. There's some really good stories, and you know, some of the other characters are very likable. And I felt it was very interesting that like you, there's like a crossing where it's like in Mexico and in America at the same time when I was moving from Mexico to the United States, they are both at the same time having like this, like it was starting to get it was starting to become up and coming. Saint Seiya uh, was being cycled out. And Sailor Moon was being positioned as like the next big thing, and same thing with Dragon Ball. Uh, when, you know, here in the United States, we we started with Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Well, actually, we started with Dragon Ball, and then Dragon Ball Z. That's when it started. That's when it started getting really popular. Then it hit Konami, and that's when everything kind of like hit the fan for the series. Come to think of it, I was looking back, and I actually remembered I actually owned a lot of the toys. Um, the toys were ungodly expensive because the official toys that is and we had to resort to a lot of bootlegs and Fortunately, I was actually able to get one. I was actually get the Libra armor because like at the time I was like, oh, man The Libra armor is so awesome because it has all these weapons and stuff like that. So yeah Still do I still think that's like the coolest cloth. So And I also collected these what Was right what's the way describing this? I'm clicking my my tongue too much. I started collecting these magazines that are also like coloring books, and what I liked is that they weren't just like comic book. Like they weren't just um. What I liked is that they weren't just magazines with coloring pages. It really did tell a story, and it really did give me an opportunity to like see a lot of what I missed and a lot of what I wanted to know about these characters and not only that it does help that like, they're really well they're really well drawn they're not like these they, they weren't half-assing it when they were doing these books so it's like it was really cool to have um, something like that to read and to draw and to color with because I think that was a uh, really cool to have and you know I moved here to the United States, this was 1996-97, so um, the internet was was booming at that point. Like, it was starting to get, to, uh, like, little by little we were getting to that internet boom and this, and you know, with with the internet booming, it was just like, I started digesting a little bit more information about Saint Seiya. I learned that oh wow there was another series that we never got which was the Hades arc and I learned all about that but I only read about it in text never saw any drawings never saw the, never read the actual comic or anything like that and that's you know that's that was that was all I that was all I ever knew like until two thousand one two thousand one I was in college and I. Learned that the Saint Seiya series was continuing, and of course, I jumped on it. You know, it you who wouldn't want to jump on to finally see what was going on after so long after not knowing what was was the big deal about. Well, you knew what the big deal was, but you didn't see. I didn't never saw it. I never, I knew some of the characters, I only saw like brief images, but I never saw anything in action. I wanted to see. a lot of stuff in action, not just these small little JPEG images on 1.0. I was really, really, really invested in this series and uh, again, I was, I hopped right back onto the series. And around that time too, that's when the Night of the Zodiac deep dub happened and it was, well, you we all know about that dub. And also around that same time too, it was starting to get some traction again in Mexico. and. Being and living in a border st- border city like San Diego, you can get channels in Mexico. So I was able to still watch Shane stay in its original native form when it was re airing again afterwards. And that's pretty much what it was, you know. For I kept I kept what at it with the series. I was highly invested in it, and you know this is why now I'm here posting a podcast about it. And you know I and I always felt like the English speaking world of Saint Sea was always lacking, and I always felt like having this kind of a little podcast where we can all conjugate and all get together and talk about the series in English might get people more involved with the series, and that's pretty much what I want, my goal is. I want to get more, more people involved with doing this kind of a podcast. I'm well, just not doing this podcast. Well, it would be nice to have other people, but it would be nice. To get more people active in the community, especially the English-speaking community, to get more people into it. Because I do honestly feel that it's there's something there. I do feel like there's something there. And I do feel like the barrier of entry is very high, but it can be broken. And I want to break that barrier of entry so people can watch it and enjoy it with other fans as well. That's my biggest goal. I really want to get people involved and more active with the series. And judging from the responses, judging from everything I've been seeing so far with the franchise, seeing other people talk about it, and seeing more and more people watching the series, I'm seeing this new trend. It's, like it's starting to get like this momentum, and I really am happy that it's getting that momentum. And, you know, whether it's because the original series is on Netflix here in the United States, or people are watching because of the CGI series, whatever side you're on, you know, that's perfectly fine. So, um, so I, I reached out to the fans. I reached out to the fans, and I asked, like, what their first experience is with Saint Seiya. Um, on Twitter, I said, Lum Ramayasha of the podcast Manga, Manga Maverick said, I got to. Into it in the summer of two thousand and five, when Viz offered the digital bundle of the entire manga for like eighty four dollars, which if you broke it down, twenty six issues uh, divided by eighty four, that is three dollars and twenty five cents a pop. That's that's really good. And I read the entire thing in like a month. Really good. And since I've read it many times, especially the arc, which is my really all-time favorite, still need to watch the whole anime though. Well, there you go. The anime is getting getting dubbed as we speak and it's a still available also I think subtitled as well so one way or another it's going to be available they also left a link to their podcast the manga mavericks where they talked to Shannon Garley and Mari Morimoto the English editor of the, of the series and the translator so I'll link that in the description as well so there you go folks it's kind of a short podcast just to give you guys a look like, at an idea of what's been going on um, I really am happy that I'm doing this. I'm really scared to death also doing this kind of show because I don't know how it's going to end up. But I do appreciate you um, you listening to the podcast. It's really good. I'm really happy about that. Um, if you have anything you want to share with me, anything you want to show, like news-wise, um, anything you want to discuss on the show, please follow me on Twitter, which is stcosmocast. Again, the address, um, the Twitter is ST Cosmocast. And one of the things I'm going to do when we start up the show proper is we're going to have a thread for discussion of the our first episode which will be the first first part of episodes of the new CGI series. So you got to look out for that on Twitter and um, we'll be discussing the new series and I'll be replying I'll be talking to you and I'll be talking to you guys on that thread and also be posting a few of the thoughts as well on the next podcast. So you have a bit of homework unfortunately which is to watch the first part of the new series. The new series currently on Netflix. So with that said guys I do really appreciate you stopping by and giving me a listen. I'll be back next week and then hopefully afterwards we'll be on a bi-weekly basis afterwards just like you want to get an episode zero out just to you know, give you guys a little taste about what's coming up next. So I guess my name is Ramses and I wanna say to all you guys, keep burning that cosmos.